Well, Bill, Patriots, Jets, and Dolphin fans, it is time we talk AFCs, the last division preview on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in Alex to talk to a Talk all things AMC East. Please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Well, if you were Alex, Alex, instead of listening to Nick Mouse last night, you would have heard about Justin Gate, the latex. Also, check out the Big D podcast for the audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So, swimming upstream with us, the only guy who would have who have failed to catch it in a bet. Because he listened to the goat of Warzone, Nick Merce, instead of yours truly, who did a UFC 291. Alex. Thank you for the uh, up and down introduction there, Dylan. Uh, yeah, I uh, was five legs into a six leg parlay where I had the opportunity to cash out for about half the total payout uh, with a uh, Poirier, Di- uh, a Dustin Diamond Poirier. Pick over Justin or du- Justin highlight Gaethje um, main event last night, and uh, I uh, my my good friend Dylan advised me to do the cash out before the main event started. I got some Twitter love for my favorite gaming streamer Nick Merckx, and and went with the streamer over the streamer, and uh, it didn't pay out too well. But it was a free bet, so you know it's all good, and uh, it's all good here, and it was still it was still fun to watch. Yeah, if you, yeah, I'm trying to remember how a late kick doesn't happen that much in the main event. So Justin Gaethje won the BMF, the BMF title, and put himself in some rarefied air. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was a great card. It's it's got to be one of the most hyped up cards of the uh, of the year so far. And and there was a lot of quick fights, a lot of good fights, a lot of good knockouts, and a couple submissions there too. So. You know, definitely a fun card. You know, it would have been nice to win win the money back I uh, I spent to buy the the pay per view, but uh, you know, it's all right. We move on. All right, Alex. So uh, you know, this AFC East division is walking. It seems it's a uh, crazy. You know that I feel like in this division, weather always affects teams. Whether it's cold weather teams coming to South Florida or warm weather teams going to play in. Buffalo, New, New Jersey, Orleans, or Boston. Weather could be anything. It could be hot and hot and sticky in September, or as you Dolphins found out last year, cold and frosty in December. Yeah, it's um, you know, there's not many divisions in the NFL where you really have three teams with a legitimate shot at taking the division this year. It's 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 a it's been an off season headlines for this division. We've had. Players going from interdivision movement all offseason. Some big names come in. Some storylines that we're picking up from last year. It's it, it's got to be one of the most exciting divisions in the NFL this year. Of course, a little bit of bias there, but even not. I mean, you look at some of the names who have come into the division this season, and some of the names that are returning from either uh, starting there last year or you know having a couple good years in there. It's always an exciting rivalry between these teams in the AFC East, but. Man, does it get even more exciting when uh, you know it's not it's it's more than just a one trick pony like this division has been for so long. Yeah, so uh, let's so uh, Alex, how about we circle the wagons to uh, Western New York and the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, it's a good place to start. Obviously, the reigning AFC's champions. Um, we know what we have in the Buffalo Bills. I think it's um, it's a team that. Of all of the teams who have been making a lot of moves over the last couple off seasons, the Bills have been in a good spot for the last couple of years, really since the Josh Allen era started. And uh, there's not a whole lot they needed really to improve on. I mean, they've been one of the most dominant teams in the AFC. The question comes down to it is if they can prove that point in the playoffs, which really they haven't been able to do yet in the Josh Allen era. I'd say this run from one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL has been a bit underwhelming. You expect to be in the Super Bowl by now, even if you're in a very dangerous AFC with, you know, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs uh, kind of running the show in the AFC for the last couple of years. But, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills, they've got a fantastic secondary. They've obviously got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs is, is, is a superstar in the connection that they've had 
on the field uh, over the last couple of years has been has been great. Off the field, you know, I, I am interested to kind of see how uh, a little bit of the uh, the Stefan Drake's drama might come to light this season. But as of now, he's still wearing blue and red. He's still up in uh, in Buffalo, New York, and uh, he'll still be catching passes from Josh Allen this year. So. No, it's an exciting team. Obviously, uh, they they were in the news with the Demar Hamlin story last last year, and uh, really just being one of the best teams in the league. I think injury um, is is the biggest concern for the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, he's a, he's a mobile quarterback. He's not afraid to tuck it and run. He's not afraid to hurdle guys. You take that many hits at the quarterback position, it can start adding up. Obviously, he's a big guy. He's kind of built to take those hits, but. You know, you don't want your star quarterback getting rocked too often. So I think injury is the number one concern for the Buffalo Bills this season. you got to make sure you stay healthy, like it is with every other team in the NFL. But, you know, when you've got assets like like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and some of those defensive backs in the secondary there, you really got to make sure in this loaded AFC that you're able to stay healthy and you're able to keep uh, the consistency that you've had throughout the last couple seasons and really just try and make a, push, a, play, a Super Bowl run. Uh, run. You know, it's it's Super Bowl or bust for the Buffalo Bills this season. I think their fans know it. I think their players know it. I think their coaches know it. And you know, these these other teams in the AFC East that we that we're going to be talking about here shortly, they have done a lot of work to catch up to these Buffalo Bills. And uh, you know, it's it's just a matter on if uh, Buffalo and Josh Allen and can, and, and company can kind of keep that gas as far uh, as far down as they can while these other teams in the AFC East are breathing down their neck. I've got two questions about the Bills because last year, I last year, I think most, if not everybody, picked the Bills to not only reach the Super Bowl but probably win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the Bills laid a major egg in the division round against the Bengals. But the, I mean, a couple of issues. One is Sean McDermott good enough to win a playoff game to win a playoff game and we get to a Super Bowl because. Generally, who wins playoff games now? Offensive mind coaches. Look at the quarter. Look at the coaches who've won Super Bowls. Andy Reid, offensive coach. Sean McVay, offensive coach. Bruce Arians, offensive coach. Even Nick Nick Sirianni in last year's Super Bowl, offensive mind coach. Well, Sean McDermott's a defensive mind coach, and we've seen the Bills not develop an offensive line and not develop a running game. And guess who's running the foot? And guess who's running the football every single Buffalo Bill game I see? It it's not Devin Singletary. It's not Damian Harris. It's not James Cook. It's Josh Allen. And guess what happened when Sean McDermott was in Carolina with Cam Newton? Cam Newton's career ended because he took so many hits. Well, Josh Allen's basically becoming Cam Newton 2.0. He cannot be the running back, the quarterback, the fullback. Hell, he might be the pilot flying the Bills to London this year. Yeah, I mean, as Giselle Bunchen once said uh, in reference to Tom Brady, my husband cannot throw and catch the ball all at the same time. Although, and, although he tri- although he tried there in the Super Bowl in uh, Germany last year and got himself a tripping penalty, but. Uh, that's I mean, why Tom Brady uh, wasn't known as the goat of receivers. Tom Brady and Jerry Rice will, might be goats, but one of them's a goat quarterback. The other one's a goat receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you definitely echoed some of my thoughts there, and, and I think we're both in agreement. Um, you know, I think going into last season, like you said, most NFL fans had the Buffalo Bills either in the Super Bowl or or winning the Super Bowl. If not, I mean. No one had them anywhere lower than the AFC uh, championship game last year. So obviously with those high expectations, you know, if anything goes wrong, which a bunch of injuries did, um, and obviously, you know, the DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, situation must have been tough for the Bills to, to be able to go and play through. Um, but at the end of the day, it shows that this Buffalo Bills team isn't as dominant as we thought it might be. Um, there's some question marks. Obviously, you mentioned the offensive line. You mentioned the run game. Uh, we know Josh Allen is going to be running the ball. We know he's going to be taking some hits. Is he going to be able to stay healthy through a 17-game regular season all the way through the playoffs? Is Sean McDermott good enough to coach the team to a Super Bowl? I think all of these – I think the Bills have the potential to be a Super Bowl champion. I just don't know if they are going to be able to get it done. And honestly, I'm leaning towards no. At, at this point, 
because of the uh, additions that the rest of the AFC East have made this season, those are six games that are going to be hard-fought games, even against the Patriots, who we'll talk about here shortly. You know, it's still a Bill Belichick coach, Bill Belichick coach team. It's still a team that's going to be showing up as hard as they can every single Sunday. Those are six games that are going to be in the trenches. There are going to be dogfights, and the Buffalo Bills are going to have to not only get through those games in the regular season, get through the rest of the 11 games on their schedule and make a run through the playoffs. It's a tough ask in, in, in the AFC, which is just dominated by star quarterbacks. It's, they've, got, they've got the potential to make the Super Bowl, but it is not a shoe-in or it is not as big of a lock as I think people had, had them uh, last season. And then, too, you know, this is a weapons league. Yes, we know what Steph Diggs can do. But Gabriel Davis was not himself. That ain't going to really knack him. And then, I mean, do the Bills even have a number two receiver? Yes, we know Dolan Kincaid can be a playmaking tight end. So we Cowboys, but the Bills got him before you would have. But, yeah. but um, I don't know if the Bills have enough weapons because you look at the – I mean, your Dolphins have Tyree Kill and Jalen Water. The Chiefs still have Ty- Travis Kelsey. The Bengals still have the two-headed monster – Chase and Higgins. Heck, even uh, a team in uh, a team in an area of Florida, maybe not Miami, but uh, another city that will not be named, possesses a few weapons of its own. Yeah, and it's a good point. I mean, they really don't have a number two guy. And at the end of the day, Stefan Diggs has shown his maybe disappointment with the team or just around the veteran realm when the bank is basically blanketing him all afternoon. And, and it's, it's stuff we've seen from Stefan Diggs before. And you got to think, I mean, if he's, if he's the number one and he's really the only guy, if anything goes against him, that he has a blow up and I don't know if he's going to pull a, uh, uh, Avante Davis and retire at halftime of a game, like, a, like a former Buffalo Bill did, but, you know, you don't want your number one and really only major offensive weapon to be disha- displeased, unhappy, and not getting the football. So, you know, it's the Bills are definitely projected, I'm sure, as the number one team to win this division this season. But they really need to make sure that they step on the gas, that they keep things going, and they have almost a perfect season. Because anything less than that this year, and I don't mean 17-0, I just mean as perfect and as well as they can perform and and be unified as a team together as possible. Because without that, there's too many more talented teams in the AFC who are going to make sure that they're giving it their all to not only beat the Bills, to not only beat the the, the Bengals, the Chiefs, to beat every other team in the AFC and potentially the NFL. I don't think there's any excuse with the Bills. I mean, yes, it's one thing if you lose AFC Championship game 2020. It's another thing you lose because you didn't get the ball in overtime. There's no reason you should have won. A bill should lose to the Bengals down three without three stolen linemen. It's a, if the Bills don't win this year, there's going to be change, whether it be general manager, whether it be head coach. I mean, you can't get rid of, they're not going to get rid of Josh Allen, but. But yeah, you're right. Something's going to change. And and this is really the season. If, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm more nervous going into this season than I have been for a long time because, like I said, and I, and I keep bringing it up, but the other teams in this division are breathing right down, right down their necks, and the margin of error is zero this season for the Buffalo Bills. <coughs> but let's move on. Uh, we are going to move on a little bit farther north to um, – and uh, to a team that we had already briefly mentioned uh, throughout the Bills segment there. But we're going up to Foxborough, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. To be honest, I would give them much of an introduction, but there isn't a whole lot going on in New England. Of course, it is still a Bill Belichick coached team, but the talent on that roster, I think, is pretty fair to say at the floor of the AFC East. What do you see out of uh, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the, and the New England Patriots this year, Dylan? Do you see DeAndre Hopkins catching passes from Mac Jones in uh, Foxville? You would have. They New England Patriots fans would have loved to see it, but unfortunately, the way the cards played out, that did not happen. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins will be in Nashville. Yeah, uh, I see a problem with the Patriots, and yes, we know what Bill Belichick is probably the go-to head coaches, but. I don't think Bill Belichick will ever be known as the great. 
the greatest collector of offense town because we even saw in Tom Brady's last few years with the Patriots lack speed, lack playmakers. I mean, uh, is anybody from New England going to be challenging the top receivers, not just in this division, but in all football? Because you look at the AFC with Eastern Diggs, Garrett Wilson, your duo in Miami. I mean, who's New England's number one right now? Maybe Juju, but heck, he might. But heck, he might TikTok his way into Bill Belichick's dollhouse. I don't know. How that, I don't know how that will go. Twyquan Thornton, he can run a forty, but can he catch? <coughs> uh, Devontae Parker, who the Patriots paid a lot of money to, and uh, who was I can't think of the other guy. Who's the other guy? Kendrick Bourne. Thank you. Yeah, I mean. Would any of those guys be even play for like the Bengals or Chargers? No, no. I mean, Juju was like the number two, number three option in Kansas City. Now would be the number one option in New England. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bad roster. At the end of the day, it's it, you're not giving Mac Jones any help. Mac Jones himself, I mean, he at least he's got a, at least Mac Jones got a got an offensive minded. Offensive coordinator, the one he had in Alabama, not not Patricia last year, but um, I I've got family who are Patriots fans, and and we've held many conversations about why Matt Patricia Patricia is the offensive coordinator as a defensive minded coach and player. I mean, it, it was the oddest offensive coordinator selection I had seen since the Dolphins uh, hired two offensive coordinators for the to run the same season, but. You know, it's it's just not a sexy team. Um, I, you know, Mac Jones showed some promise his rookie year, uh, made it to the playoffs, but really since then, I think there was a that was a that was due to a multitude of factors. I don't see Mac Jones as a threat uh, in the AFC, in the AFC East, or in the NFL. To be completely honest, Ramondre Stevenson, he's a decent back. He's a good back. I'll give him good, um, but he's not a game. He's not a game winner. He's not a showstopper. He's not a human highlight reel. He is a number one running back for a pretty mid team. Um, the Colts he might not even be a number one back, but the Patriots rumored and looking at and rumored at couple free agent backs. Right. So you know, it's just I mean the the amount of money that I saw that the New England Patriots threw at Devonte Parker this offseason. Listen. As a Miami Dolphins fan, I watched Devontae Parker get drafted. I watched him play about half to three quarters of, of the games a season. Devontae Parker is a jump ball receiver who is very good at that. Other than that, he is, and you can look it up statistically, the worst consistently throughout almost every single one of his NFL seasons, the worst wide receiver in the NFL for uh, creating separation. Statistically, he is ranked bottom of the NFL of all receivers over the last couple seasons it's you throw it up to him when you're in the when you're in the red zone on a goal line fade and most of the time he'll come up with it or down the sideline you might be able to get lucky and, and get a big chunk down the field but other than that running routes creating separation he is a one-dimensional receiver who misses time it's not the guy you want to be throwing a lot of money at in free agency it's not the guy you want to be the number one receiver of your team he's a great weapon when he's on the field and in, in the right situation but he is not an all-around receiver. And it, the fact that that's the big splash so far that the New England Patriots have made this offseason, it's just it's just not a talented team. It's in, a, it's in the worst division they could possibly be in uh, at the moment with three just juggernauts. It's looking like going, going into this NFL season. I mean, if the Patriots finish in this division anywhere other than last, I would be very surprised. Um, and I'm taking the under on their on, on their wins losses this season. It's it's a team that I can confidently lock, confidently lock in as in fourth in the AFC East. And you know they might pull out a couple wins or two just because of Bill Belichick and and maybe Mac Jones having a good game. Um, but it's not a team that I think even sniffs the playoffs or really gets much going at all during the season. I mean. Bill Belichick can pick on these young quarterbacks, but in the division, and I think Mac Jones can be a top 10, 12 quarterback. The problem is he doesn't have the wide receivers from Alabama. I think those Alabama receivers are a lot better than the ones he's got in New England. And B, 
I think the, I think the NFL is. I mean, we know what Bill Belichick is, uh, head coach, but Bill Belichick has not been the same coach since Tom Brady left. And I think there's a question from Bill Belichick. I don't think Robert Kraft would necessarily fire him. But you imagine the Patriots go six and eleven, seven and ten. Yes, yes, yes. I saw your face. I think Bill Belichick's on the hot seat. I, I, I honestly think. I mean, I understand what he did with Tom Brady throughout the last two decades. But at the end of the, how much time does that guarantee Bill Belichick? We know that the Patriots and 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 their behind the scenes staff has had conflicts in the past. It's been openly reported when it comes to the the differences of opinion with Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady and and you know who are we going to keep versus who are we going to move on from Robert Kraft is a businessman and he understands that you can't rely on history and you, re- you can't rely on what a guy has done for you in the past you have to be able to in the NFL where things move so quickly teams turn around so quick look at the New York Jets I know we're going to talk to them and uh, talk about them in a second, but they were a laughing stock in the NFL over the, for, for a very long time in recent history, and all of a sudden now we're about to be talking to them, talking about them, hyping them up. It is a win now league. Stephen Kraft knows that he is, uh, Robert Kraft knows that. Okay. Um, and uh, I think Bill Belichick's on the hot seat. I think anything worse than a than a winning record this season. I think there's serious talks. Bill Belichick is 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 let go as the head coach of the New England Patriots, and anywhere close to a six and eleven, five and twelve record, I think it's almost guaranteed. It the, the roster is not good. Bill Belichick is the GM and the head coach. He has his dog drafting players on 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 draft day. It's just I understand the legacy and and what he means to that New England Patriots franchise, but Tom Brady's gone. Julian Edelman is gone. Rob Gronkowski's gone. Everyone from that era is gone except for Bill Belichick, and we see where they are in the AFC East at, at the time being. Bill Belichick has had a fantastic career. He's he's done amazing things with the New England Patriots, but you got to prove it to, to to mostly in particular Robert Kraft above anyone else and your fan base, or else what what's the point of keeping him? Yeah. I left you speechless with that one. Apparently, <laughs> I didn't think I didn't even think we'd hear Bill Belichick on the hot seat, though. I mean, if if you're Robert Kraft, what do you do at the end of the season when you when you finish the, the division in fourth place with a six and eleven record? Are you just gonna say it's all right, Bill? We'll try again next year. Maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll, we'll sign Adam Thielen for our receiver team. Like, what 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 is the move? After this season, when you finish last in the division, I mean, it, to me, I don't think Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback. I don't really think he has the ceiling to be a franchise quarterback. And if that's the case, you're looking at a, a franchise with a, dare I say, over-the-hill head coach and a young quarterback that isn't playing to his potential. It almost looks like a blow-it-up situation for me. I don't know. I don't see talent on the roster. I don't see how they have a winning record, and I don't really see what the plan is moving forward. In there. If that in that situation for any other franchise with any other head coach, they're out the door. I I understand, and like I said, you got to give Bill Belichick the the credit for what he's done in the past, but that can only take you so far. I mean, it's they have they they had a large mountain ahead of them in this AFC East, and it is going to be a tough climb. You will not be well received in New England, buddy. Never have been. I wear my I wear my my aqua and orange proudly through the streets of Boston, through the streets of of Foxborough, and uh, you know I've I've definitely had a a couple arless uh, words thrown at me. I think I, I I remember you telling me about wearing a penguin jersey to the Winter Classic in Fenway. Yeah, I thought about wearing a Dolphins beanie with it. It's. Uh, <laughs> I have no fear in the streets of Beantown. Um, I, I've given them my Red Sox fandom, but other than that, uh, I will be proudly uh, wearing my Dolphins colors throughout the streets. I do want to apologize to my cousin Dave. I'm sure he'll be watching this. I'll make sure he watches it. Um, I know I just kind of ripped your team a little bit there, but I don't think it's. Uh, I, I don't think he'd honestly disagree with me too much. He might, you know, he'll probably give me some uh, some Josh McDaniel uh, uh, tidbits or something there, but. I don't think it's going to be enough. 
All right. We head from New England to the Meadowlands where we're talking Jay. Don't do it, Dylan. I'm not, e. I'm not joining you. I'm not doing this. T. S. Suck, suck, suck. <laughs> I thought you were saying Robin Solid rather than the other S1. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess we can talk about the Jets. Why don't you kick us? Or I can, I can start here if you want. It's up to you. All right. You, yeah, go ahead. Look, the New York Jets have made some moves this offseason. We all know it. Yeah, yeah, they got some. Yeah, they got some guy named Aaron Rodgers. You might have heard of him. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely at the top of biggest moves. We'll see what happens with this Dalvin Cook news. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if the news breaks in the middle of recording this. It seems like. We are come to the end of the uh, Dalvin Cook saga. It looks like he's going to the Jets, but it hasn't happened so far. I know the Dolphins are still in play, but we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I know uh, Jets fans were chanting his name at training camp while he was there today. So, you know, it's, it's definitely buying signs there, but obviously the big offseason move was, was bringing Aaron Rodgers in. Um, you know, this is, this is a tough team for me to talk about because – it's hard for me to let my bias stay back on this one. The Jets have a very nice roster. It's a, it, it, They have immediately jumped to in contention to compete for the AFC East. I'll give them that. On paper, the New York Jets have one of the best rosters in the NFL. They've got a fantastic secondary. They've got probably the best young cornerback in the NFL in uh, Amon Sauce Gardner. Brees Hall is pending based on how he can recover from his injury last season, but They've got some weapons on offense with Garrett Wilson. Obviously, bringing in Aaron Rodgers and some of his old friends from Green Bay, there's going to be some chemistry there. But at the end of the day, the Jets have – I know a lot of these pieces were here last season, but the biggest piece, bringing in a new quarterback, bringing in a new system where you have to adjust and acclimate and although there is some familiarity there with with uh you know some receivers coming in that that rogers has played with in the past it's still a new system it's a new offense it's a new city i believe that there will be some growing pains i think some jets fans believe that they have the potential for a a 12 win 13 win season this season i don't think the jets are going to be that good i do think the jets are going to be in playoff contention but I don't think that they're going to be as good of a team as people expect. Looking at Aaron Rodgers last season, well, I know he was unhappy in Green Bay. I know that that the end of his Green Bay career was coming has been coming to an end for a couple of years now. I think that the writing's been kind of on the on the wall there. But Aaron jo Aaron Rodgers is on the decline of his career. He will admit it to you. He's talked about retirement over the past couple off seasons. He's not the Aaron Rodgers that we've seen in the past, and even still. As great, of his, uh, as great of a career as Aaron Rodgers has had, he's had problems in the playoffs. He hasn't been the consistent guy that we've seen in the playoffs. We've seen him choke playoff wins away. Yes, he has one ring, but honestly, Aaron Rodgers and those Green Bay Packers should have won more than one ring. I think the fact that he is coming into a new system, he's on the downside of his career, I don't think the Jets are going to be the dominant team in the AFC that, that, that a lot of their fans think that they're going to be. But they are still going to be a talented team. They're going to give the Dolphins trouble. They're going to give the Bills trouble. They are going to be a, a good team in the AFC. But temper your expectations, Bill, the Jets fans, because you haven't seen a lot of success in the recent history of your franchise. Franchise. I know that, trust me, as a Dolphins fan, being hyped about the current situation of your team is, is one thing. But you have to be able to temper your expectations. You got to win those football games first. You got to get to the playoffs first. You got to take it a game at a time. And as of now, I'm cautiously optimistic that the Jets will have a have a good, positive season. But there is some question marks that I still do have, and I don't think they're going to be world beaters that, that some of their fans think they might be. I think this Jet team reminds me so much of the Bucks, Bucks from 2020 because yeah. bringing in a quarterback now, they all a couple of difference. Tampon's offense line was better than the Jets' offense line, and Rodgers is not going to – want to run around. He's not going to want to be hit. Tom Brady didn't want to be hit at the end of his career. That may be why he's not playing right. and retired. Right. B, Bruce Arians has been in the NFL a long time, and 
he he wasn't stabbed. We still don't know whether Robert Salas and established head coach. Yeah, the Jets have got a lot of good young pieces. You know me, I love me, Jared Wilson, love me, we saw even coming off the 20CL. But most of the good Jet players on defense. Yeah. Quinn Williams, yeah. Saul Skolner, can all the Jets more on the defensive side of the ball, A, and B, B, with new, have you seen the Jets start? That is a brutal six-game stretch to start the year because they play the Bills the opening Monday night in the Meadowlands, which coming off hard knocks, coming off every, everyone seeing the Jets training camp preseason. That That's going to be one of the most hyped games in Jet franchise history. Yeah. On 9-11. And then week two, Head in the big D, and I don't mean and I don't mean my place to go in the Jerry Horn, where I'm I am 99% sure Tony Romo and Jim Nance will be waiting for them. At, at least I think that's a CBS game. Yeah, I think it's a CBS game. And then week three, they play in New England, and uh, Bill Belichick eats the New York Jets for lunch, breakfast, I mean breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Week four. They welcome, let's see, they welcome the Kansas City Chiefs to the Meadowlands. I'm just saying, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they've got this Mahomes guy, right? Some, someone, I think I've heard of him. Week five, they go to Denver. And let me tell you, and let me tell you this. They, I know the Jets won there last year. This Denver team's going to be different with Sean Payton compared to the old HC. That might be in the Daniel Hackett revenge game. Yeah. And then week six, I think that week six they play the Eagles. With Jalen Hurts, not bad. I mean, I a brutal six teams. There, there could be a very realistic uh, reality of them being one and five through those first six games. I mean, and let me tell you, the Jets are one and five of Aaron Rodgers. Somebody's not going to be happy. Five men in is not going to be happy. No. And, yeah, it's, again, you know, they they have a lot of hype. It's understandable. The Jets have been terrible for years. Um, but I don't think that the pieces they brought in are necessarily – and by pieces, I primarily mean Aaron Rodgers. And even if you get uh, Dalvin Cook, you're you're pairing a veteran, somewhat injury-prone running back. And I say that still wanting the Dolphins to sign Dalvin Cook. But you're bringing in a veteran, somewhat injury-prone running back to pair with a rookie or a, a, a second-year running back just coming off an ACL injury. I mean, problem, problem. It, it, there's a lot of, of positives pointing the way of the New York Jets this season, but there's a lot of things similar to my statement on the Buffalo Bills where you really have to make sure that you're doing everything right and that you're showing up every day of practice and you're definitely showing up every Sunday to make sure that you're taking care of business. Because, yes, you are in a good spot. You have the talent on your roster. But if you let one or two of these things slip or three or four of these things slip, it can sure go downhill fast. And let me tell you, Robert Sala has got the most push on the win this year because if he wins, he's a hero. If he's not, well, guess what? To Mr. Sala. You're joining Bill Belichick on the unemployment line. He'll be a defensive coordinator somewhere next year. Yeah. If that. Him, but. Bill can, him and Bill can join forces for uh, failing expectations in the AFC East. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I mean, Jet fans are going to remember what happened the last time they brought in a tackle quarterback. I think the Jets were like 9-3 and three and someone missed the playoffs. And then uh, I remember an old Jet quarterback playing for the Miami Dolphins coming and ruining Jet Hawks. Yeah. Chad Pennington, of all people, knocked the Jets out of the playoffs. No, I will never forget where I was for that game. That was one of the most fun games I've watched in my life. Um, I don't think Jet fans want to remember that game. No. Here's a little nugget for you. I was looking up yesterday because I was actually was thinking about this conversation we were going to have and, and going through the AFC East. And I thought, you know, 
there's so much hype around the Jets right now. I'm curious to see what their over-under win is for wins next season. They have the line at nine and a half, which I think is a sick line for the New York Jets this season because I could I'd probably, really, I'd probably, I, take, I'd probably take the over. Yeah, and it, it's so close. I mean, I see them right there. I think nine sounds too low, but I think 11 or 10 or 11 sounds too high. It's it's a tough line, and I and I give I give props to uh props I give props to uh to Las Vegas for for sticking it there because that's a, that's a pretty nasty line that I could really see going going either way. But just a fun little nugget I, I happened to look up yesterday. If you told me what the Jets did their first six games, I'd give you a better understanding. If it's one and five, I'd probably say under. If it's four and two, I'd probably say over. I mean, I think if Jeff fans starting four and two with that start. They would take it and run to the bye. Yeah, absolutely. I think he nailed it. That those first six weeks, it's it's the main. It was really your main point here on on this segment, and I think that I think that's really all it comes down to. Their season is those six weeks because if you can really come out of there, honestly, even three and three coming out of there with that schedule, it's you you almost take that as Jets fans just because of how brutal that opening. And then I think, yeah, in the schedule, I mean, they've got the Chargers, like we, I think Chargers week nine, do Dolphins twice in a Friday, and then they come come here in like week 15, I think it is, 15. And then they end the season, whether the Jets end this, I think the Jets end the season in Foxville, right? I can't remember, but that's something. Yeah, Foxville, because the, because the Bills end the season in Miami. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's a tough schedule if if, if you're the Jets. I mean, yeah. well, well, unless unless you're in the NFC South, I think all schedules are brutal, especially in your yeah. division. For sure. And I mean, just being in the AFC. I mean, the AFC. It's there's just so many teams this year. There's so many quarterbacks this year. It it is going to be a gauntlet, and it is going to be fun to watch. This year. Let's just say this: whoever comes out of the AFC would have earned it. Absolutely. And I'm just thankful that they added a seventh playoff spot. <laughs> I think we, I, well, I think one of our teams might need it if that. Yeah, I agree. Well, we have covered 31 teams. There's one we haven't covered yet. Based on the shirt, based on the fact that he just that he just kissed the shirt for good luck. It's the badge, baby. We are swimming to Miami. Where the newly jacked, newly tatted Tua and the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. And let me tell you this, I bet you you're thankful Tua has made it through this much, has made it through training camp so far. All right, all right. Here, have, the, have the injury jokes coming, Dylan. I guess it's... I guess well, it's, Manson, Ramsey lasted about three minutes and it's out half the year. Yeah, and, and that's... It's so unfortunate. I mean, obviously, you know, it, the good thing is, I, and I told my dad this, I, I'm much more I'm much more relieved if Jalen Ramsey or any of our players was going to go down like that. I'm glad it was the first 30 seconds of training camp than if it was week three of preseason or, or, or week two of the regular season. Yes, he's got a long timeline. They did the repair as opposed to uh, just rem- the, the removal, which does incur a longer timeline. He's looking around December. I'm hoping week 11, we, I mean, would be, would be amazing. It's a long recovery, and, and it's something that, unfortunately, it's the NFL injuries happen. But the good news is that the Miami Dolphins still have so much depth at the defensive back position. Players coming off of injuries from last season. Obviously, Xavier Howard is there. I think he's going to – he was playing hurt the entire season last year. We drafted Cam Smith early in the draft of one of our four draft picks last season just to have that extra depth. And I've heard great things about him throughout uh, training camp. I'm going to say some names and you're going to tell me who, but Cater Kohu, one of the one of the brightest rookies of the season last season who no one had ever heard of until he started balling for Miami last season in the secondary. We're getting Brandon Jones back from injury. Obviously, Javon Howland, one of the most talented young safeties in the NFL. The Dolphins have weapons in that secondary. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is is kind of the king of it all. But the great news is, if the Dolphins play as well as I expect them to, and I think as a lot of people expect them to, 
give me a fresh Jalen Ramsey going into the playoffs. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you look at Miami Dolphins football in December, it hasn't been pretty lately. You give me a fresh top three at worst cornerback in the NFL coming in right before the playoff run, right before the playoff push, or right up coming into the playoffs, that's who I want covering your number one receiver. So it's it's definitely a big loss, but it could it could have been worse. It could have been an automatic ACL season ending injury. And who knows? Getting that reju getting those fresh legs coming in before at, once those December, once that real football starts coming, it could be a blessing in disguise. Well, I look at Miami's defense. We'll talk about the offense in a minute since we're talking about defense. Two things I like about Miami. One, I think the Dolphins made the biggest move in this division, and it wasn't necessarily signing a, signing a player. You could argue Aaron Rodgers to the Jets may be the biggest move, but maybe the biggest move from a coaching standpoint was the Dolphins getting Vic Fangio as a defensive point. And yes, Fangio might not be greatest head coach, but he's a great defensive coordinator. And the Dolphins have got two monsters on the outside with Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. I don't care who you have in the back end. Good luck stopping those kids. Absolutely. I mean, Vic Fangio, it's, it, it almost seems like a Christmas present you don't deserve because you look – at the talent that the Dolphins had on defense last season. And it's all there. It's all there, and it's just added more. But the problem was a lot of times we saw the Dolphins' defense get beat in coverages, get beat or, or just seem a little lost on the defensive side of the ball, not wrapping up, not finishing tackles. All of that is going to change with Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is coming into a defensive unit with weapons that I, I could start this podcast from the beginning and still make it to this point of the video still naming off weapons that the Dolphins have on defense. You talked about the defensive ends. Obviously, um, Jalen Phillips. But the one guy you didn't mention was Emmanuel Ogba, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL up until he got hurt last season. And he's coming back. He's had plenty of time to rehab and recover. And he's going to be joining Bradley Chubb and, uh, and Jalen Phillips on that defensive line. Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins. Two just absolute units on the interior of that defensive line. Christian Wilkins might be the most underrated defensive player in the NFL. Um, then you look at the secondary. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey getting hurt. We've already talked about it. But Xavier Howard, all the games, all the names I've already I've already named. You look at the linebacker position. Jerome, the linebacker position is very honestly the weakest unit on the Dolphins, probably on the on the Dolphins roster, maybe other than offensive line. But even Teron Armstead brings that up there. The Dolphins linebacker unit is probably is, is, is suspect with potential. They brought in David Long from Tennessee, uh, just an absolute run stuffer, and a, a guy who, who will be running and giving 120% on every play. Jerome Baker can run down any receiver from the middle of the field. They have talent there, and, and just being able to watch Vic Fangio come in and use these players and put them in the right places and really make sure that this unit is 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 together and synchronized, it's going to be so much fun to watch. And Javon Holland, I'm telling you, if Javon Holland plays 17 healthy games this season, which I am praying for, he is going to be a household name in the NFL by the end of this season. He should have been a household name by the end of last season. He's gotten some respect, but it's all going to be coming. Javon Holland is an absolute baller. He's number eight, safety for the Miami Dolphins, and watch for this man because he is incredible. Well, from defense to offense, obviously the question for this year is, will Tua stay healthy? Because we saw when Tua was healthy last year, the Miami Dolphins terrorized any defense. I mean, what Tua did with Jalen Warner and Tyreek Hill was impressive. I mean, we know what Mike McDaniel can do. He turned Tua into a legitimate quarterback. Absolutely. I mean... Uh... It, it, I, I talked about the Dolphins' defense, and we haven't even gotten to the best part of the team. I mean, it all comes down to Tua, of course. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? And can he limit the mistakes? Because there was mistakes last season. There was some throws that maybe he was concussed, and, you know, that's that's some of the reasons the decisions that we saw. But, yeah, exactly. 
But the number one thing that people are not keeping in mind for the Miami Dolphins this season, and in my opinion, the scariest thing about the Miami Dolphins this season, which is not something that anyone will say, and there's a lot of scary things about this Dolphins team. This is the first year of Tua Tungavailoa's career where he has had the same offense in back-to-back seasons. He's coming back with the same head coach. He's coming back with the same schemes. He's coming back with the same offensive coordinator. What Tua has been able to do with Tyreek Hill and, and, and Jalen Waddell, it's it's only going to be ex, it, exemplified. It's only it's only going to be better. The fact that they've had a full season under under their belt with this offense, this offense that is so hard to stop because it doesn't matter what you do to stop them. They are the fastest team in the NFL. You can't beat speed. All the pre-play motion, all of the moving guys around, all of the timing routes and getting players in the position for success. The fact that this is the second year of uh, the only time that two has had back-to-back seasons with the same offense, it's going to be so much fun. Give me down the cook. Don't give me down the cook. Uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and... Mr. Oshane, maybe the steal of the NFL draft this year. It's it's going to be such a fun unit. It's going to be Lamborghinis out there. Mike Isicki, have fun in New England. I'm sorry you're going to miss the show, but it is going to be an absolute blast watching the Miami Dolphins. And, yes, the court, the concerns of, of Tua with injuries, there's nothing you can do about it. Tua did what he can do about it. He bulked up. If you ever look at bring up a picture of Tua's legs. They are tree trunks. Look at his calves, look at his thighs. He took the jujitsu classes to help himself with falling. One of the biggest problems, he he admitted it, because of his hip injury, he was worried to land on his hip, he would land on his back. That jujitsu training, he has spent the entire offseason perfecting how to fall in different NFL environments. Whether that helps him, whether it doesn't, maybe he gets concussed in week one. We don't know. But if Tua Tungabailoa plays all 17 games of the regular season this year, the Dolphins are going to be Super Bowl favorites going into the playoffs. Mark it down. That's all I got, Dylan. I think I, I, think I covered it all. Cho- actually, another thing. Robbie Chosen Anderson, draft in the last round of your fantasy football drafts this year. He is going to be a sneaky deep ball threat and, and maybe one of the most fun wide receiver threes that you see this year. Him and Tua have already connected on the deep ball in practice. And even if Tua goes down this season, getting my, I think the Dolphins took the best quarterback on the New York Jets roster from last season, and Mike White is their backup. Teddy Bridgewater did the Dolphins no favors last season coming up in Tua's relief. Skylar Thompson showed us more promise than Teddy Bridgewater ever did. And him and Mike White backing up Tua, it's – it's an okay situation with a very talented team, even if Tua goes down. I don't see us in the Super Bowl if it happens, but man, if Tua plays all 17 games and is healthy through the playoffs, it's a team. It's 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 go, the, the Miami Dolphins will be a team to beat going into playoff football. Hot take. It's not even that hot, Dylan. I'm telling you, it's this team. It, it's got to be the most loaded t- roster on, on paper in the NFL. I mean. Even their weakest part in the offense, the offensive line, they have one of the best tackles on when on when on the field. Of course, he's only going to give you 14, six, 14 games or so. But Teron Armstead, athletically talent wise, is one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. It's if from 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 top to bottom. Find me a more talented roster, and I will be able to argue that the Miami Dolphins are better. Looking at the Dolphins' schedule, they got a bad break with having so many road. Games. I think Miami ended with like played like four out of five in December and January. And those games were at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at the Bills, at New England. Nobody's going to win. This year, the Dolphins end with four or five at home, only a New Year's Eve tilt in Baltimore. So you do get a break there. And Dolph, two of the three. Divisional games, road divisional games are out of the way early. At yeah. New England week two, at Buffalo week four. You know what happened in Buffalo last year. Let's see. I remember that game having a lot of snow. It did, and that was a close football game. And I Buffalo Bills fans were scared during that game. 
the Dolphins should have won that regular season game in Buffalo. Yeah, game. yeah, because they were yeah because they were throwing snoo- snowballs at Cheetah. Yeah, I mean that game was closer than any Buffalo Bills fan thought it was going to be. Hey, hey, the, Mike McDaniel outcome Sean McDermott three times. Only he didn't have two or four one of those games. I mean, it, almost was was one drive away from beating Josh Allen in the playoffs. I mean, it's. Don't, I, I'm, I'm the, the weather. The weather uh, story is long overdue to be extinguished. It's these are NFL players, and they will be ready. The it's it's just a matter of <clears throat> being healthy and and putting the talent that we know that the Miami Dolphins have onto the field, and it's going to happen. Okay, so Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. I know where you hold us, Lean Alex, but who wins the AFC East in 2023? Listen, Dylan, it's it's the hardest division in the NFL to predict. There's three teams that could realistically win this division this year. I I, I have to give it to the Miami Dolphins. I think, as we've mentioned throughout this podcast, both the Jets and the Bills have question marks. The only question mark that the Dolphins have is if Tua stays healthy. I think it happens. I think his off-season regimen is exactly what he needed. I think being able to bring back a second, uh, have a second stint in this Mike McDaniel offense, getting that ball out quick to your weapons, it's going to make all the difference. Give me the Dolphins winning the AFCs. This might be the hardest division I've had. I've picked this year because you uh, you can make a case for every team, even New England. But in, but in the end, quarterbacks win the visions. And the best quarterback in the vision resides in Orchard Park, New York. I think that Jalen Ramsey chips it in the Bills' favor. I think the Bills win barely. I don't think this is a runaway like we've seen. I think Buff. Or sweeps out the bitch. It might come down to that week 18 Buffalo Miami game at Hard Rock. It probably will. It, I, I really do think it will. It's you can't go wrong guessing any of the top three teams in that division. I mean, you're going with no one circles the wagons more than the Buffalo Bills. I'm going South Beach fins up. It's you can't go wrong either way. It, it, I am so excited for football season this year. All right, Alex, thanks for hopping on. Uh, we'll be back uh, with all kinds of other shows before the season, during the season, NFL previews, week one, Super Bowl, divisional, wild card, playoff previews. So, Alex, uh, you ready for this season to get on the way? Hall of Fame game next week? Uh, things are heating up and not wow. just together. <laughs> I'm so ready, Dylan. I haven't been more ready. This is going to be such an exciting NFL season. It's been great previewing these divisions with you. And I just can't wait to get it rolling. You know what it is. Fins up, baby. Let's go.